Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see him for who he is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Hey guys, welcome to the B4 Podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Ashley. And we are hosting this conversation today. Ashley, what are we talking about? Well, we got a question from our good listener, Bob, who's asked us many questions. And a couple of them we've decided to tackle on the podcast. And this one caught our attention because I think it's something, at least for me, that I've had to deal with in my life and probably you have too. And the question basically was this, how do we live in the tension between perfect and good enough? Hmm. So what is the biblical perspective on striving for excellence um, versus <laughs> being able to recognize that we're human mm. and we are never going to be quite there? Yeah. It's a good question. It's a really good question. I think the majority of people wrestle with this. Mm-hmm. At some um, point or another, yes. Yeah. Even if you're not uh, a Christian, mm-hmm. you're probably at some level going to wrestle with this idea, whether mm-hmm. it's a project you're working on or a relationship that you have, or at your job, or you know whatever it is, you're gonna wrestle, but like, how do I resolve this tension of good enough versus perfect? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But we're gonna try to answer this from a biblical perspective first and foremost, and kind of work our, our way outwards to today. I was telling you earlier, uh, the story of Jesus and Peter <laughs> is one of my favorites. It should give us all hope. Yeah, it really should. Jesus, uh, Peter, he comes to the awareness um, that Jesus is the Messiah. And he tells Jesus to get away from him because he's a sinful man. And Jesus says, come follow me. It's my one of my favorite stories in the Bible because Peter becomes increasingly aware of how broken he is mm-hmm. and that he's standing in front of the son of God Mm-hmm. And that he should not even be in the same like planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jesus doesn't say, "Yeah, I know you're right. You are really messed up." <laughs> <laughs> or, "Yeah, Peter, why don't you go fix your life? Mm-hmm. Stop using those words. Stop, you know, doing this or that, and then you can come follow me." He just asks him to come as he is well, and, and I follow think him. The messiness of Peter's story too is a good life lesson for us that perfection is never what is required of us. And mm-hmm. that we have this moment with Peter. We have many other moments with Peter where one of which Jesus calls him Satan and <laughs> tells him to get behind <laughs> him. And yet Jesus also says, this is yeah. Peter. And on this man, I'm going to build my church. I'm, he's going to be right. the rock. And also Peter denies Jesus yeah. And then is reinstated. And so right. if Peter can kind of go on this roller coaster where he's either overly zealous or in the complete wrong headspace, I think yeah. that gives all of us hope that it doesn't matter where we're coming from. Jesus can use us and Jesus can redeem whatever we say or whatever we've done. Yeah. Mary Magdalene. Yes. She was possessed by demons when Jesus found her. Yes. That's you know, a pretty low place to that's start. That's a pretty low place to start. I mean, she was probably living a life that most people would blush at, mm-hmm. right? At, at just me mentioning the things that she had done. Um, she was probably living in the part of the city that nobody wanted to go to. And yet, Jesus finds her, heals her, and invites her to follow him. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't tell her, stop doing what you're doing. He doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but she becomes one of his first disciples. No, not one of the 12 apostles, right, whatever, but she becomes one of the disciples of Jesus. Principle remains. Mm-hmm. Whoever Jesus encounters, um, right where they are, right where they're at. Now, most people understand that if they're listening to this podcast. It's about what happens after that, which is usually mm-hmm. the challenge. Um, yeah. Usually we're like, okay, God found me where I'm at, mm-hmm. grace. But now all of a sudden we feel this pressure to conform our lifestyles, to change our behaviors. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Mm-hmm. What does that mean if we're not supposed to be? Yeah, Very intimidating verse for perfectionists like myself. <laughs> well, what's that journey been like for you? Yes, when I read this question, I resonated deeply because I felt like yeah. I saw a lot of myself in that question. And yep. I know that Bob is currently in seminary. Yeah. And so I felt that pressure too, of especially when it comes to assignments or work projects or whatever that is. Um, and I think growing up in church, it's interesting that I think I implicitly picked up the message at some point that if I was a good girl mm-hmm. and did all of the things correctly, that I would have a good life and then things would go well for me. And um, that actually is not actually how life works really yeah. is that you can try your very, very hardest. And I did, and then not end up with the results that you wanted. Wow. So I found myself at 20 having to have graduated early, not having any idea what did I wanted to do with my life. I did not get my ring by spring in Bible school <laughs> and was not pleased about that. And I had been like, God, I have been very good to you. And I have done all of these things and I've tried my very hardest to be perfect. And I have not gotten any of the results that I wanted. And that was actually the beginning of me exploring the concept of grace and recognizing that like I had held myself to a standard that God had never set before me, Mm. which was that I needed to have all my ducks in the row and that I needed to make sure that I controlled everything that I could in order to get the best possible outcome. And that bled over into my schoolwork and that bled over into my work as I started doing that Mm. of just having such an unrealistic expectation for myself. Um, And the freedom that came when I finally did figure out that like God wants us to do the best that he can, but Mm -hmm. he's more like a mom in a kitchen watching a kid experiment with cooking (laughs) than he is an exacting professor. Mm -hmm. And he wants me to try, but he wants me to try not because he's expecting me to make really great cookies on my first attempt is my like mom and kitchen analogy. He wants me to try because he wants me to learn how to make cookies. Mm Um, and so giving myself grace to recognize that even if I mess something up terribly and put in salt instead of sugar, that was a lesson learned and Mm -hmm. we were going to move forward from that. So you have to learn a lot about yourself in the tension of this question. I think so. Yeah. And that was because other people have different struggles (laughs) with grace and some people have struggles with Mm -hmm. abusing grace of being like, well, if it's grace and I don't need to worry about like trying to improve my life or trying to get out of this sin pattern or whatever, that's one problem. The other problem is the one that I deal with, which is more on the Pharisaical side, which is, okay, then I need to try to do everything exactly right. And there Mm -hmm. is a slavery, like that's just a different form of slavery. On the one end, you're a slave to your own desires. And on the other hand, you're a slave to this perfection that you'll never be able to reach. Yeah, and that is the metaphor the New Testament uses to um, explain that Mm -hmm. journey of desire for perfection. Whole book of Galatians. Yeah, it's funny because I actually come from the exact opposite place as you. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
This is why we're friends. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. Um, I had to learn a lot about myself in this process too. I uh, I remember growing up, I had one chore um, specifically that I really never did. And it was to take the garbage and recycling out to the curb. I know, I know. It's not even that hard. Now here's the thing. Like I remember my parents kind of getting on my case about getting it done every single week. And my attitude was always, it'll get done and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You yes, know? but also you see, have to see, do it. See, look, 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 it's bothering you that I'm yep. explaining this. The very to you. examples like no duh. Duh. No, and and I I get it. Um, you know, I, I got through college predominantly with the mentality that C's get degrees, you know. Uh that also hurts my soul. <laughs> um I had to learn something quite the opposite as you, mm-hmm. which was in, you know, um Hebrews, it talks about all discipline is painful Mm -hmm. at the time, but at the end, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I had to learn the opposite thing. Mm -hmm. I had to learn to sort of good enough was uh, a front, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I know some people don't like the Enneagram, but on it, uh, I would be a type seven, Mm -hmm. which basically, you know, if we had a phrase, um, that we live by it's it's all good like it's yeah. all gonna work out you know we and in some ways like faith comes very easy for me because I just trust that it's all gonna come together mm-hmm. that's part of my personality but in other ways um, that's not really like a helpful thing to say <laughs> when the garbage is still sitting <laughs> yeah. in the garbage can't it's gonna find its way there yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and so um, it's funny though because my journey is really interesting because while that's where I was when Jesus really got a hold of my heart. It didn't take long for me to fall into the pit of perfectionism. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to live in my own skin. Yeah. Right. And while still trying to live up to who Jesus was calling me to be, which is really hard. It is. And I think as you were talking about discipline, I think that was what I had to learn too. It just looked different. It was Mm. a discipline of letting things go. Because I would get to a point where I would like, and still this happens to me sometimes. So I'll be trying to fall asleep and some stupid thing that I said, like literally 15 years ago (laughs) is popping in my head of why did I say that? That was so mean or that messed up this, or I should have said this other thing. Mm -hmm. And the discipline of being like, it's done. Yeah. You can't do anything about it now. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. And recognizing that the discipline of accepting grace, that it, yeah. My actions do matter. Yeah. They are important, but they're not as powerful as what God is doing. And there's nothing that I'm going to do that's going to knock his plan off kilter yeah. in any significant way. Um, there's two words that come to mind. They're really powerful words because they are indicators of very powerful emotions. One is guilt and the other is shame. Mm-hmm. Um, guilt is you've done something wrong. Shame is you are something wrong Mm -hmm. and they tend to follow, you know, shame tends to follow guilt. Um, And uh, I would say in the tension, that's why this has been so such, it's always been such a challenge for me is because, you know, on one hand, I was like, it's all good. It's going to be okay, which is a low shame environment because it's a low guilt environment. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like- At least for a while. Right. At least, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That probably adds up eventually. It does add up eventually. But then when you start facing the the dark side of those things, all of a sudden you start coming to grips with emotions, powerful ones. 
and you don't know what to do with them, which is why I fell into perfectionism mm -hmm. because I didn't want to feel those things because they said something about me mm -hmm. that I didn't like what they had to say, right? <laughs> and so this question, what it gets at is really a deep examination of your soul. There's no easy answer mm -hmm. to it. Um, if you want an answer to this question, you better spend a lifetime taking up your cross and following Jesus because there is so many implications to this. There's so many different ways you get to examine the good and the dark parts of your soul and Jesus begins to heal those one after the other. Now that doesn't result in perfection in this life, mm -hmm. but it does result in our lives looking more like Jesus. But the only way to do that is through this really ancient practice called confession. Yeah. And I, I think self-examination hmm. is a part of that because you can't confess without what knowing what know. it is that you're confessing. And I think that when I realized my pharisaical tendencies as a 20-something, that made it easier for me to be aware of the ways that those were impacting my schooling and my relationships mm -hmm. and everything else. So that's just a very important piece of that is having the humility because that's really what it takes mm -hmm. to be able to examine yourself and to also be able to present yourself to God and say, okay, I can see some things in me that are gross. Um, Cause I think we all have some awareness of things we don't like about ourselves or yeah. weaknesses that we have, but going further than that and saying, God, you see me completely. Don't overwhelm me. <laughs> Yeah. with all the things that need to be worked on. But give me the eyes and ears to see and hear the things that yeah. you are wanting me to work on. And knowing that when he walks you through those things, he's not expecting perfection. He's simply expecting progress. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so the only way to progress is to have a security. Mm -hmm. um, and this is my own journey too, was, you know, my my swing to perfectionism was actually just a cover for my insecurities. Mm -hmm. Because as I began to discover the broken parts of my life, and there's still many broken parts <laughs> of my life, but as I began to discover those, I began to um, feel incredibly insecure. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's actually the words of Paul. I'd, I'd act, if it's cool, I want to read them. Um, of course, these we're are, into the Bible yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and it starts kind of strange, so you have to kind of like hang in there. We'll but, track with you. Um, it's Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor the men who have sex with men, nor the thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkard, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Um, what Paul is getting at here is that there was a group of people in a real church a couple thousand years ago who had pasts, they had issues, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they were finding their identity and their mistakes and the things that they had done. And Paul is saying, like, not that we should create a list of people and point at all of them and say, you're not entering the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. That's not his point. His point is what he says here in verse 11. And that is what some of you were. Mm -hmm. But you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Um, 
if you read, and we're gonna, it's really exciting because we're gonna study First and Second Corinthians as a church here in, mm-hmm. in, in a, I don't know, in a month or so we're gonna start or two months, something like that. Um, the church in Corinth was a mess. <laughs> Gives us hope for today. They were such a mess. And a lot of these things that Paul points out were things that they were doing or had been doing. And Paul just makes this shift, you know, using language to say, that's not who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. You've been made something new. So why I went on that, like, it seems like a rabbit trail, but if I'll bring it back together, um, and kind of bring it back home is, you know, as we begin to discover who we are and we don't like what we see. <laughs> happens sometimes. It happens, right? Fundamentally understanding that our identity has been found not in the past list of issues that we've done or sins mm-hmm. we've committed or even currently committing like the church in Corinth. Um, it's that we have been washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the spirit of the living God. That's Paul's point. Mm-hmm. So for us, as we're going on this inward journey of examination to discover who we are, fundamentally, we have to know that we have an identity that is not wrapped up in our mistakes. It's wrapped up in Jesus himself. Yeah. And that leads to freedom. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's the entire point of the book of Galatians mm-hmm. um, in the New Testament is Paul saying, you have a freedom now because of what God has done for you. And right. it was actually through, I think it's Galatians 5, um, through kind of reading that and doing a devotional for a short-term mission thing that I worked at, that I started recognizing that's actually, if you read through the New Testament, which I did um, (laughs) that summer, (laughs) freedom is actually a big part of what Jesus is talking about. And it's not freedom as far as like spring break freedom, like (laughs) we can do whatever we want. Like that's not the point. Um, That isn't, if we want to get philosophical, that's probably not even real freedom anyway, but it is a freedom that comes with a confidence of knowing who you are and, you know, whose you are, even though that's a little trite, but knowing that allows you to have the freedom to operate in this tension between, I want everything to be the best that it can be, Mm -hmm. but I also know that I'm not going to be perfect, but also I know that I need to try. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you have a confidence and you have a freedom in Christ allows you to live in that tension because it's not like we could give you guidelines of if you do X, Y, and Z, you're trying too hard. And if you do A, B, and C, you're not trying enough because the truth is those things are going to be very different depending on your circumstances and your personality and all that. That's something that you and Jesus have to figure out. And you're never going to have that down perfectly either, but having that freedom to know I'm going to do the best that I know how to do I'm going to get in the kitchen. I'm going to get messy. In the words of Miss Frizzle, I'm probably going to make some mistakes, but God has given me the freedom to do that. Did and you I'm just covered. reference the magic school bus? Yes. yes. I love Miss Frizzle. I love get the magic school bus mistakes. too. Earlier you, you said something and I just want to um, clarify it. You said that we need to try. Yes. Do you mean we need to try to be perfect or no. what? Okay. Just like make, and you know, To your point, the garbage is not ever going to go out as a a high school Alex unless Alex actually gets off of his butt and grabs the garbage can and takes it to the curb. So there is some part of effort on our part in that like we do need to, you know, try our best to do the best at our work and to be a good husband and to be a good wife and mom and whatever other roles that we're in. We have to make some sort of effort there, but we don't have to kill ourselves because at the end of the day, it doesn't 
it does not depend on us. What's the danger of striving? Oh, so many. I mean, you're you are self-professed recovering perfectionist, right? Yes. So what are the dangers of striving for that? I think the honestly the biggest one if you're a successful perfectionist is pride. Mm. That I can do whatever I need to do if I just have enough time and if you just let me go. Um and we can start to think that we control the outcomes instead of God. And ultimately mm. what that's always going to lead to is disappointment because you're going to build a great business and then COVID-19 is going right. to happen right. and you did the best that you could. And mm. there's that verse in Ecclesiastes 9 that says time and chance happen to everybody. Yeah. And God admits that, that yeah. you can put all of the effort into something and it may not succeed. Yeah. Um, and so whether you're a good perfectionist or a bad one, you're probably going to end up learning that lesson and you're going to fall into that pitfall of pride and self-dependence and control and all of these mm-hmm. type A things gone <laughs> terribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. What are your dangers that you fall into as Mr. Free Loving Enneagram <laughs> 7 over there? Oh, man. Um, I think that, yeah, I uh, in our podcast with AJ a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about the books that shape us, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I told you guys that the very first like Christian book I read was The Cost of Discipleship. <laughs> yeah, that's um, rough. That's it was, a rough start. It was rough. But I will say there is a, a line in it where he talks about cheap grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's basically critiquing this idea that um, the grace of God costs nothing. Mm-hmm. And that, you know. You don't uh, have to do anything in return. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of live free in that, you know. And in maturity, I had to discover that wow, the grace of God costs God like everything. Um, the reward is freedom. But with that freedom, as Paul says in you know Corinthians, like all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial, mm-hmm. right? There are things that sure I could do, but are those the best possible thing for the people around me? And so mm-hmm. I think the thing for me was, you know, this ping pong game of laissez affair to perfectionism and then trying to find the security of who I am and being okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, and while at the same time continuing to move forward and to grow and to be disciplined in certain aspects of my life. Um, that's always been the challenge. It's just been the challenge to find that space um, on a consistent basis, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would probably be my answer to that question ultimately. Um, also in my expectations of other people, mm-hmm. this is the other thing that I've seen yep. too, is that, uh, because I myself have been a ping pong ball bat back and forth between those extremes. There are times when I expect almost nothing from people that I should have some expectations mm-hmm. for. And then there are times when I have too high of expectations for people that I should have more grace for, you know, but again, like, one of the reasons why I think this is such a good question is because uh, it's it's looking for basically the perfect place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a good question because it reveals to us that there is not really a perfect place for us to sit in. Mm-hmm. It's a journey when Jesus says, come follow me. <laughs> yeah. And each individual person that does has a unique journey to go on. And this has been illustrated in our stories. 
right? Yeah. Like you and I came from two di very different places. And even to this day, when we sit down and work on a project like this, <laughs> It's you, humorous. It's humorous because <laughs> how we get to this table right here are two very different paths. Yeah. And uh, and I would say that that is a great illustration of the individual journey that we take, but also the together journey that we yeah. take um, because I learn from you and you learn from me. So, yeah, I think learning from other people in this process is helpful, is very helpful too, because I, I think one of the most helpful things for me was reading books and having conversations and seeing how other people, once I realized that there was a tension, watching to see how other people had handled it. And mm -hmm. I think well, how I have visualized it in my head is like the right way is a tightrope. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully we have Jesus to be the stick that's helping <laughs> us balance. But we're always a little off kilter. We're always a little too much on the perfectionistic side or we're a little too much on the mm. license side. And I think it doesn't, the tilting doesn't matter as long as we're moving forward. Yeah. Um, but we, we have to have grace for ourselves in recognizing that because we're not God, we're gonna tilt. Yeah. And we just have to be aware of that and just keep our eyes on the prize, which in this case, I suppose is heaven and keep moving forward that yeah. these wibbles and wobbles are okay. Well, and, and to, you know, take your metaphor to a whole nother Please level. Do. Sometimes you'll fall off the tightrope. Yeah. And that's okay too. <laughs> that's why there's a net down there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's going to happen. And that's absolutely yeah. part of this whole journey of following Jesus, which is why, again, we'll full circle this. We talk about guilt, shame, and identity. When you fall off the tightrope of trying to figure out how to live in this tension, it's really easy to think that Jesus isn't also the net that catches you. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that we remember that as well. Mm -hmm. um, we started this whole series of conversations about the tension way back now, I don't know, weeks ago, mm -hmm. about how we live in a society that just wants to cancel you if you've done anything bad or wrong. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we are a part of a church that does the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe the best way to end this conversation, these long series of <laughs> conversations about grace and tension is to understand that um, even when we fall, yeah. if the world or the church cancels us, Jesus catches us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, Bob, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bob. And Annette. And Annette. They, they yeah. told me that they listen on Tuesdays as they're eating their breakfast. So I'm supposed to be imagining you having like a smoothie right now, which I am doing. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Hope it's a great day. Seriously. Thank you. Um, and if you're listening to this, uh, sometimes we answer questions if they're short form and we can just like free follow them. Mm -hmm. um, we think asking questions is a great part of following Jesus. And sometimes the question will need 20 minutes to answer. Mm -hmm. And so it'll take a whole episode. But either way, we're really thankful for all of you who have submitted questions. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. If you have a question that you would like us to answer and we will even say your name and we'll pretend that you are eating breakfast with us <laughs> as we're recording, you can send those to podcasts at b4church.org. Again, if it's short form, we'll throw it on the end of, a, of an episode. If it's mm -hmm. a really good question like this one, um, we can might even make a whole episode out of it. To make sure that you never miss an episode of our podcast, you want to make sure that you are subscribed to the B4Church podcast mm -hmm. on Spotify, iTunes, 
iTunes and YouTube. And if you take a minute and rate and review us or give us feedback on those platforms, it's really helpful. It helps other people find our podcast. And it's also a great way for you to be able to tell us what you're liking, what you're not liking, or you can take the time to email us at podcasts, again, at b4church.org. And that email address will be in the show notes if you want to send us a question, comment, complaint, suggestion, (laughs) any of the things. We accept them all. Um, It's been a pleasure having you guys here today, and we'll see you next week. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at b4church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.